Alright, alright, alright. So, it's been a couple of days since the last entry. Uh, this one is um, probably one of the few planned ones I plan on doing. I try not to really plan these out. I kind of just go about it as I please. Commenting on various things I watch as I watch them. But this one I wanted to plan out uh, simply because uh, it, today's date... Um, May 19th is a very special date uh, for at least myself and maybe a lot of other people. This is the official end date for Game of Thrones. This was when the very last episode aired two years ago, May 19th, 2019. So that's what I want to talk about today. The reason I want to talk about it is because... I feel like nobody does, and what better way to talk about it than on its essential ending anniversary, at least two years later, and being that it's been a year into the pandemic, it's just a few things I wanted to comment on, and I've been saving that for this date, so I could kind of have it be this kind of anniversary talking point. Before I get into that, really quick, I just want to tell you the story of how I got into the show. Back in, I want to say, when did the first season premiere? Maybe 2010, 2011, 2012? Sometime around that first season. I was trying to get into a show. I was trying to have a show to really, like sink my teeth into, get involved in, and I'm sure many people out there go through that. They're trying to really find a show that gives them some really quality storytelling with longevity so you really feel like you're investing in something. A lot of people feel that way about things like, about shows like Stranger Things, shows like uh, Black Sails, shows like Dexter, Sopranos. All these shows give you a sense of investment. So... I went through a trifecta. I tried three shows that were really popular at the time. One of them being Game of Thrones, the other one being American Horror Story, and then the third one being The Walking Dead. Now, I believe this was around their first seasons, or at least going into maybe, I think, Walking Dead second season, and I remember giving all three pilots a shot. Now, I'm a big person, I'm a big believer in the fact that the pilot should really dictate how you feel about a show. If a pilot doesn't hook you, almost immediately... Like, that's how some shows get greenlit. They get greenlit by having good pilots. There's a show that came out in the in the mid-90s. Um, it was supposed to be a live-action uh, X-Men adaptation. It only lasted its pilot episode because the pilot was so poorly re reviewed and so poorly received... That they just said, okay, we're not going to move forward with this show. There are some shows that get so poorly re re received by, you know, its ratings that they only get one season. And they don't think it'll last past that. Uh, that happened with uh, Louis C.K. He had a show on HBO called Lucky Louie before he had the success of Louie on FX. So, it happens to shows. And sometimes it's the first season. Sometimes it's the pilot. So, the pilot is a big deal to me. So, I watched the first episode of all three of these shows... And the only one that hooked me was The Walking Dead. And 
I think it was because of that opening scene where Rick is by himself and he's in the gas station and he sees the little girl. There's no script. It's just sounds. It's just the environment and it's just the 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 experience of seeing him, you know, face a walker in his, you know, Rick Grimes getup. I had never read a comic. Same thing with Game of Thrones. I had never read a book. I went into all three of these shows cold. And the only thing that caught my interest and caught my attention was The Walking Dead. I felt that American Horror Story had too much going on, and I felt Game of Thrones was too confusing. Fast forward at least five years. Four, maybe, depending on how they were releasing shows and whatnot. I want to say it was around season four of Game of Thrones. Uh, I was with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. We were together for a couple of years, and she was really into this. She had read every book that was released so far. She was trying to learn, like, Dothraki. She was really involved in its history and its lore. And it was kind of nice to have somebody there to explain it, to me at least. I don't know if many other people were able to pick up on a lot of its, you know, underlining storytelling things. You know, understanding how houses work and who people are, like... That's a lot. That was a lot for me, and I'm sure it was a lot for many people. So, I had heard a help kind of explain it to me, and I knew its popularity was growing. It was up to season four, and I was really into Walking Dead at the time. I was explaining Walking Dead to her. I was up to date with all of the comics. I had played every video game and mobile game that had came out for it. You know, I was really into The Walking Dead. So we kind of traded that. I was the Walking Dead guy for her. She was the Game of Thrones girl for me. So we explained our individually, you know, nerdy universes to each other to kind of help each other through understanding the story. Now, when I was getting into it, I, of course, was, you know, asking a ton of questions. Didn't understand a thing that was going on. And this was also... Uh, around the time that I started hearing a lot of these things where a lot of shows were going into their third, their fourth, their fifth season and things like that. And people are always talking about how, you know, you got to get through the first two seasons. The first two seasons, it's not... Once it gets to season three, it really picks up. And I'm like, so I have to sit through ten episodes a season, an hour each one. It's ten hours, twenty hours. I have to sit through twenty plus hours of what you consider crappy content, what you consider to not be content that's up to par with what it is at that point, and you're saying that's the, the payoff is worth it when you get to that point. And to me, it's always hard for me to take that seriously because I don't get that. I don't get why you would put yourself through the idea of, oh, it sucks so bad at the beginning, but really give it. Give it to the end. The end is good, but the beginning sucks. Like... How is that meant to be enticing for a person? How is that meant to be something that entices a person to want to watch it, to want to get to that point? And that's why, like I said, I'm a person who thinks the pilot is very important. If the pilot doesn't get you hooked, then the rest of the show isn't going to be enjoyable for you. That's that's my belief system. But now, the thing is with certain pilots is that it's also about what it is you take from the pilot. And I've learned that over the years. I've learned that the idea that the pilot should be, you know something for you as the viewer to take in the story and 
give your point of view on what you're looking for out of that story. Some people look at all the stuff that's going on in American Horror Stories pilot and they go, yes, I want that. There's so much going on. I need that. For me, I feel like that overcomplicates things and that's why I didn't get into American Horror Story until um, Coven. I watched Coven all the way through and I thought Coven is, to this day, top three for me of all American Horror Story seasons. Uh, The first one being Roanoke and the second one being... Um, and I love Roanoke because I love found footage style and that entire season is all found footage and I love that about Roanoke. So it goes, uh, Roanoke, Coven, and then, hmm, I would like to say Hotel. I think Hotel's a lot of fun. Um, but the, the, the last one they did for the eighties, I forget which one it was called that, that one was also a lot of fun. So it's a tug of war between those, but top two is for me is Coven and Roanoke. But a lot of people like those first two seasons being murder house and asylum. I think there's way too much going on in those seasons. You know what I mean? And even though they change game of Thrones, is always something that stayed the same. And what can draw you in, if you have people that are able to explain to you what you're not understanding is There is a lot going on, but there's also so much that happens that you weren't, I guess you could say expecting, but like in a, in, in a way that's enticing. Like I remember when seeing the promotion for the first season, a lot of posters had the actor, I can't remember his name, but the guy who played Ned Stark and him with the big sword and the Valerian steel and you went into that and he's really important and it's really focused on him and of course at this point I don't care if I spoil anything because maybe you're gonna watch it maybe you're not but at like episode seven eight he dies so it's like you don't expect the poster child to die when it comes to a story like that and then all these other characters just start dying one by one it was one of those kinds of shows that kind of taught you to not get attached because you never know what to ha- what's going to happen to characters you love. And season two and season three, they kept ex- extending that. They kept branching that unexpectedness out. And the show was really built on that. It was really built on this idea that you really can't get attached to a character because you never know what's going to happen to them. Look at the Red Wedding. The Red Wedding is such a huge monumental moment in that series. And I would say, if you can watch it up to the Red Wedding, then it's worth it after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people say it really picks up around, like, season three. I don't remember when the Red Wedding happens. I, I want to say it's season two. Uh, I could be wrong about that, though, because I think season two is most of Rob Stark's war. But I thought it ended with his death. So that's why I thought... It went into season three, so when I finally got it, I was when I finally got into it. It was around uh, the, the last three episodes of the fourth season. So when I finally said I'm going to sit down and watch this, I binged the first three seasons and then caught up with season four by the time season four ended, and I was hooked. I wanted more. I wanted more. I want to say the first four seasons are really top-notch. And that's because the first four seasons are all based on his stories. They're all based on the actual books. Now, the books for Game of Thrones uh, are by George R.R. Martin, and the series is called A Song of Ice and Fire. The first book in that series is called A Game of Thrones, and that's where the name of the series comes from. The name of the series in book form actually isn't a Game of Thrones. That's just the name of the first book. Uh, so... Huge fans know that. 
Uh, most people might know that by now, but just in case you didn't, um, that's that's where the storyline comes from. That's where the the story titles come from and whatnot. So by the time the fourth season ended, I was really hooked. I was really waiting for the fifth season. I couldn't wait for it. I tried reading the first book. It was a bit tough, you know, like it's hard. For, like I love to read, you know, I'm also like I'm, a, I'm an aspiring novelist. I love reading books. I love writing books. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to get into a book that has something about it that just feels like it's dragging. Like, for example, I read The Hobbit. I love The Hobbit. I think The Hobbit is one of the best in, out of the four books, you know, I'm talking about the Lord of the Rings series. But of course, the Lord of the Rings series doesn't happen until the second, and The Hobbit is technically a prequel. So the, the trilogy is actually Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and, uh, The Fellowship. Um... Not the Fellowship, but the Return of the King. And I read The Hobbit. I'm like, perfect. I want to get into the books now. Started reading Lord of, uh, the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring. I couldn't do it. I got maybe three chapters into it, and I'm just like, I'm not getting... This isn't hooking me in. This isn't getting me to want to read more. I'm kind of just reading it out of the fact that I, I feel like I have to. you know. And it's not even about its length or anything like that. Like, I've read It. You know, I thought It was a fantastic book. You know, Stephen King's It is a thousand pages long. And I read that and it was hooked straight through. It took me a while because I would stop every so often because there was something else I wanted to read that was brought to my attention. Like, while it took me to read It, I read three other Stephen King books because that's how long it is. So the length doesn't bother me. Just like the length of the Game of Thrones stories don't bother me. But it's about the, the hook. It's about wanting to be involved in that story. Another good example is uh, the Dark Tower series. For those who don't know, there was a Stephen King adaptation uh, film that came out a couple of years ago called The Dark Tower, which is based on a series he has called The Gunslinger series. The first book in that series is called The Gunslinger, and that first book is fantastic. I've read it three times. It's one of my favorites uh, by Stephen King. And I tried doing The Two Towers. I uh, the, the No, not The Two Towers. Um... What's the third one? The Drawing of the Three. I got, I want to say, six chapters in. And it just, there's a certain writing style that Stephen King has that, you know, sometimes his stories work with that. And then for some reason, the, the Drawing of the Three, it didn't hook me. So, the Game of Thrones books, they weren't hooking me. So I was like, okay, I just got, I got to wait till the next season comes out. And then season five came out, and then five was a success. We had a premiere party. We had all these things that we were really getting involved in. Like, Game of Thrones was huge. My wife got into the Game of Thrones um, uh, trading card game, which was a huge strategy game. It was like Magic the Gathering, but with Game of Thrones characters. And, like, Risk. You know, it was Risk. And Magic the Gathering had a child. That was the Game of Thrones card game. And she was really into that. She went to tournaments. And... And the new season was coming out. The We were waiting for the next um, uh, book, which is still the book that's forthcoming. That's The Winds of Winter. And he hadn't released it yet. And now the show was getting into areas where it's like, okay, they're going to be caught up with the books. He hasn't done the next book yet for them to have source material. But of course, he's on board with them. He's helping them write the scripts, the storylines... George R. R. Martin is actually, is very involved in the show. So we had that going for us. But still, it's getting to a point where 
this series is meant to have two more books, and he's two books short, and the show's probably going to come to an end soon. And then once season um, seven came about and came and went, you know, wasn't that bad when it came to having no source material. You had people who were fans, really hardcore fans like my wife. She's read all five books that have that are out so far three or four times. You know, she's re- she really loves the series. So she's like, I can't wait for seven because seven is apparently the first season that doesn't have anything from the books. I don't know what's going to happen. So that's that's better for me. And that's, you know, I I understood that from her because when Walking Dead started going off uh, track with what the comic was doing, it was kind of like, oh, okay, so where are they going to go? Like, up to a certain point, you're expecting something because you know and understand the source material. When they go off source material and they give you new content that exists in the same world, especially still following the same storyline the same plot line you know it's moving forth with everything that it's been giving you beforehand you're expecting good good things from it because you want good things to come from it and season seven not so bad wasn't the worst thing in the world that really got people attracted to the idea that you know maybe they really are going to do it justice and who knows maybe we're going to see the ending of this story before we get the books and then you would hope that, you know, maybe you'll still be, it'll still be worth buying the books. Because, of course, between the first five books and the shows, my wife has always commented on how much is missing. How many plot lines, how many story points, how many characters are not involved whatsoever in the shows that are involved in the books. Heavily involved in the books. There's a lot of it. And that would still hook you. I could see that how that would still hook you, especially for people who were reading the books before the show was even conceived. The show came out, you know, like I said, 2010, 2011, something like that. The first book came out in like 1995, 1996, something like that. And he continuously took really long to release each book. I think the first three books have like two or three years in between them. And then it's like five or six years for the fourth book. And then again, five or six years for the fifth book. And now we're going on ten years, you know, nine years since that last one. And The Winds of Winter is still nowhere to be seen. And the only thing that I can find is that he's commented as recently as February saying he's written a couple hundred pages but he still has a couple hundred pages to go and he's hoping that it's going to be released by the end of this year. But he's been saying that every year since the show premiered and we had, we actually waited two years for the last season instead of releasing on a normal one year pattern. Like the show usually did. The show was now given a two year release date for its final season. So season eight meant to come out, in I think 2018 didn't come out until 2019 I believe if that's if um my math is correct on that there was at least it was way longer to wait for that final season and people were waiting for it and it was highly anticipated because people wanted to see the conclusion of this story and of course George R.R. Martin knows the ending. He knows how he's going to end it. So he's going to tell them how he's going to end it. And I'll get into my theories of that, you know, once I get past this. Because when we talk about season eight, season eight is, it's a travesty. Season eight is probably like, if, if every other season was like something worthwhile, 
this season was not. And there's a lot, there was so many people, fans of just the show, hardcore fans of the stories, people who were getting into it because of how popular it was becoming. So many people, millions of people. This was one of the most talked about shows for a decade like even if you didn't watch it you knew somebody who was trying to get you to watch it 10 years and its final season shit on it so bad and left such a bad taste in the fans mouth millions upon millions of fans were left with such disappointment from that season that nobody talks about it anymore and I say this, that I wanted to do this on the two-year anniversary because one year ago, we were at the, like, I want to say the peak of the, the, the pandemic becoming a real issue. People were stuck indoors. People had, you know, very little to do. People were trying to, you know, manage their time with whatever they could fill their time with. They were getting into TV shows. They were playing video games. They were picking up hobbies. They were doing housework house remodeling, you know, those who weren't working, because there was a lot of people also out of work. And out of all the things that people are doing and people are recommending, people are trying to stay busy and stay focused on something to occupy their time, not one person is suggesting, why don't you watch Game of Thrones finally? Not one fan, not one hardcore fan that praised it for 10 years went to one of their friends who was always like, I've never seen one episode of Game of Thrones, and said, well, you got time. Why don't you try watching it now? No. None of us wanted to tell you to watch it. None of us were, like, praising it anymore. It was not the talked-about subject anymore. For something that was so hyped and something that was so popular to come crushing down as much as it did in a couple of hours, it took... Three episodes of a six-episode series ending to really solidify that you are not going to be this big ever again. And the only time I think anybody's ever really going to talk about it again is when he finishes the stories. And I don't know if he's ever going to, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, he, he passes away. We're talking about a dude who's in his 60s, you know, his 70s, something like that. Like, he's old and he's got health problems. And he's writing these 100,000-page books, two of them, back-to-back. Back, and he's still getting involved in TV shows and video games. And he's got a whole staff of people that are making sure his stories make sense. And it's been 10 years since this last book. And maybe that'll pick something up. And maybe it'll get some popularity again. But nobody cares anymore. For a show that was really taking the world by storm like we're talking millions of dollars that were made off of this show through merchandising through licensings through uh offshoots of other medias comic books video games you know the idea that they're that they're still talking about the prequel series that hbo is trying to do i don't really hear a lot about that there's a couple of times an article will pop up but it's not getting the kind of pull that you would expect how big of a show Game of Thrones was. Like, people aren't talking about it anymore. People don't care anymore. And that's what this last season did to us. It really drove a stake through our hearts 
that left you feeling so disappointed and left you wanting so much more out of it because it didn't give you what it was leading up to. And I think somebody said it in an interview once, if the entire book leads up to... Um, if, the, if you're reading a book and the book is leaving all of these little breadcrumbs telling you that the butler did it. They're trying to figure out a murder and the butler did it. Everything's pointing towards the butler. Everything is le All the clues that are being left is letting you know the butler did it. And then all the way at the end, it was really the cook? That's going to throw you off. And maybe that's something you might enjoy and maybe it's not. But maybe if that's one thing. The thing is, is that Game of Thrones had so many storylines that had to come to an end. It had the storyline with Jon Snow. It had the storyline with the Night King. The storyline with, with Cersei and Jaime and Sansa and, and the Mountain. All these storylines that were meant to come to a real clashing head to give you what you were expecting. What seven seasons were leading up to. And they just killed they mutilated every single theory every single uh plot device that they used was ignored and there's just oh, there's so much wrong with it and because of that we are left with this show that just lives in infamy as being the most popular debacle you know the, the you know the most talked about show that nobody talks about anymore you know what i'm saying it's the it's the show that exists in infamy in that sense and it's upsetting because this is really a show that you know deserved everything it got but not that last season you know what i mean and then of course martin came out later on and he said you know that's not the real ending and i have a theory that he had multiple endings chosen he he has the idea in his in his mind how he wants it to end and he took the three best ones he has he gave one to hbo and said i want to see how this how people take to this so let me throw this one up there and see what kind of reaction it gets it gets the reaction that he wasn't expecting. So he's like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that ending. That's not the real ending. Nope, nope. And then he comes out and says, the HBO ending is not the real ending of the actual books. So that's how you still get attentive to what you're hoping the books turn into. And again, he's got two more coming. So who knows? But I really do think that that wasn't the initial ending we were going to get. And, I, and I'm glad that that is something that he has come out and said. Because... What you don't want is you don't want the books to be spoiled. So even if that's the ending the shows get, and it's a different ending from the books, we still have to wait for the books. So we're talking, it took you 10 years to do the second one. Unless you're doing both of them at the same time, I don't see how ten in the next year, if you release that sixth book, how long is it going to take us to get the last one? So you're talking, let's say, let's say five years. Let's say ten years is a fluke and he wanted to do this experiment with the show or whatnot. And let's say we finally get the sixth book this year. It's supposed to be a seven-book series. How long do we have to wait for the seventh book? Another five years? So we're talking 15 years from the last book, almost seven years from the ending of the show... And you want people to still have some kind of enthusiasm about this story. Especially seeing how poor the show ended. And how nobody talks about it. Nobody cares about any... My my wife loves collecting Funko Pops. She collects from um, three different sets. You know, she's not like, oh, I collect every Funko Pop. She has particular things that she, wants, she likes to collect. 
she likes to collect um, horror memorabilia when it comes to that. Like, she has uh, all, we have all the It Pops, we have all the Jason Voorhees Pops, all the Michael Myers Pops. Uh, she likes television shows that she enjoys. Like, we have uh, The Munsters, um, things from, like, movies she enjoys. We have the Hocus Pocus Pops. Uh, she has almost every Nightmare Before Christmas Pops. Um, so Pops like that. And Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was huge in Funko Pops. Whenever I try to find her a Funko Pop before the ending of Game of Thrones, they were really popular ones that weren't, they were, didn't make a lot and they were discontinued because they were one of the first ones. Those that are hard to find used to be, you know, $100, you know, $120, you know, especially I remember one the from the very first set, the first six volumes of the Game of Thrones series um, in Funko Pops. There's a, um, a, a, uh, uh, one of the Lannisters is very hard to find. And I think he goes for like a hundred bucks or something. If you find him in like mint condition and all the regular pops, the pops that they make, you know, in bulk of and whatnot, they're regular priced, you know, 11, $12 pop, you know, the big ones are $22. Now you see game of Thrones pops that discounted. They're like $5 for a game of Thrones pop. Like, it's dropped down. And I know that's a it might be a poor example, but it's just an example to give you the idea that this became this was such a decline for the popularity of a show like this that when you know that you have a product that you can't sell because of how poorly it's received now and how poorly it's talked about. Like you don't look at a at a like a Game of Thrones your monopoly set and go you know oh i need to have this now you look at it and you go damn it really sucks about that show or you think about like i would love to watch that show again but i really don't want to like nobody wants to watch the show people who have seen the show don't want to watch it again because they know what it's going to lead to and they don't want to deal with that disappointment like i know people that have watched sopranos you know five six seven times you know that's at least eight seasons of a show and that show is decades old already you know like for how long it lasted and how popular it was for that show to have as poor of an ending as it as it did or how it was received you know the sopranos ending is very poorly received but it's still worth it to a lot of these fans because if you're a huge diehard fan of the sopranos and it's worth watching again for you you're gonna watch it again because the ending doesn't bother you that much but this ending bothers us so much that nobody wants to sit down and go, I want to rewatch it. Like me and my wife, we're trying to find shows that are really sinking our teeth into like we did Game of Thrones. We just got into um, Black Sails, uh, where we want to get into um, Invincible, uh, Jupiter's Legacy. We're really into The Boys. You know, these shows that have that like, that, that draw that really like can connect you with something that you want to like invest in like game of thrones gave us we're trying to find that we want to do vikings right after and not once not once in any conversations that we had did we look at each other and just go you want to just watch game of thrones again like we're trying to find something that gives us that same feeling why don't we just watch it again not once has that conversation come up where we're just gonna watch game of thrones again because we don't want to and that's crazy to me because when i tell you we had premiere parties we had finale parties for her birthday one year we went to the renaissance fair and she dressed as daenerys you know what i'm saying like she dressed as like the queen of dragons this is how into this show we were and to sit here and say that i don't think i'll 
want, I don't think I will ever want to watch it again. I sometimes go through a YouTube trap where I'll watch clips that I enjoyed, like certain fight scenes or certain um, character scenes that I find funny. Every now and then I'll just go, I want to watch that scene. And I won't sit there and bother with, say, that entire episode or even say I want to watch up to that. You know, like I wouldn't even sit here and say, oh, let's just watch up to the Purple Wedding. No, because it's not worth it to us. There's a lot of people that feel that way. And on its anniversary... Two years after the final episode air, aired, it's just, it's hard for me to say too many negative things about it because it was such a big deal in my life, you know, for that long to be involved in something like that. But it is still upsetting to say that I really would not recommend it. You know, it's hard to say that, you know... If you would want to do it just for the experience of saying that, you know, you got through it, it's almost like PTSD. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this thing where it's so hard to talk about in a positive light because we know we know what it leads up to. And my my wife may disagree. She still talks highly of it. She still, you know, says that she wants to read the books again for like the fourth or fifth time. But... For for myself, I have started reading the first book. Uh, I am finding a little more enjoyment out of it now. And it might be because, you know, I'm going into the books with a different viewpoint of saying, oh, you know what? There's going to be some things in this that weren't in the show that I might find enjoyment in and might give me a little bit more opening into this into its universe, I would say. Uh, but yeah, just the show, it's, it's upsetting the that the infamy it exists in now is for all the negatives that came from its ending and the tremendous amount of positives that there were beforehand are just, they're, they're overshadowed by the terrible, terrible last season. And I'm really sorry to say that it is something that is hard for me to say is worth it for anybody new you know and i'm sorry to the fans who might disagree with me there might be people who say that yes it is still worth it regardless of that last season but i'll be honest i've when i talked to you know four out of five huge fans that i know of that were as into it as we were they feel the same way they just they wouldn't restart it and they wouldn't recommend it and and like i said earlier it's so crazy to think about how at a point in time where people were trying to fill, like, sp spaces, fill their time that they had free. They had all this free time, and nobody was like, give Game of Thrones a chance. That, that to me, is the most telling when it comes to trying to talk about this show. The most telling thing is that when you're thinking about wanting to binge a show... Wanting to get into a well-established show, a well-received show, for so long, it's not the top choice for anybody. For anybody. I would, wouldn't recommend it, and I haven't recommended it to people I know that haven't watched it, because I, I know what to expect out of it, and I'd rather not let other people live through that car crash. And, may, and again, that just might be me, you might be different. You might be recommending it. 
you might be watching it again. You might have watched it again. And if you had, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you were able to oversee a lot of what happened in that last season. And if there's one thing I said when the premiere did come out and there was, it was the height of all the conversations. One of the things I was always saying that was my defense in a way, because of course this is a show I love. So my defense was always, how can we be mad about a show that thrived off the unexpected to end how we didn't expect it to end? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't really be that mad about it because that's the whole premise of the show. When Ned Stark died, nobody expected that. When the Red Wedding happened, nobody expected that. When the Purple Wedding happened, when Khal Drago died, every little thing that's happened that left you with this shock and awe that dragged you into the show is what the show was built on. It's its foundation. So when you're talking about how the ending isn't what you expected, I mean, is that really a good enough argument for a show that was that, that is its building blocks? It's like the primary thing in everything that that show stands for. And I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong when, when saying it like that. But that's the only defense I have for that show, is that if you really want something that's completely filled with an unexpected moments from beginning to end, and I mean the very end, maybe sit through it. Maybe give it a chance. Maybe.